Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Just because we transition don't mean you stop praising him. He didn't stop providing for you. He didn't stop providing. He didn't stop protecting. He's still holding it down. He's still holding it down in each and every one of our lives. So don't stop praising him. Don't stop giving him what he deserves. Don't stop giving him what he deserves. He deserves every bit of praise we can give. Every breath that we have, he deserves it. Everything, every breath in our lungs, he deserves it. God is good, even in our bad times. God is good. Even in our trials, God is good. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't have some trials in life that he didn't brought me through. So I praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we lift your name. Lord, we bless your name, for you are worthy. You are great and greatly to be praised. Lord, we thank you. We lift your name on high. You are a powerful God, a mighty God, a restoring God, a healing God, a loving God. And I bless you for it. I bless you for it. Because when I couldn't rely on myself, I could rely on you. When I couldn't depend on myself, I could depend on you. Lord, I thank you. Even in my down times, you're still good. Even when I'm not feeling you so much, you're still good. If I'm just being honest, sometimes I'm like, hey, I, hey, my situation looking bad. I don't think I want to talk to you if I'm just honest. I did what you said. I'm stood on your word. You faithful to your word. I'm standing on your word. He said, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> my grace is sufficient. I might not step into your situation now, but I got grace on it. I got grace on it. So it could be going a lot worse, but I got grace on it. You could be in the hospital, but I got grace on it. You can have nowhere to be right now. You can have no roof over your head, but I got grace on it. Your kids could be wilding out right now, but I got grace on it. Your situation could be a lot worse, but I got grace on it. So Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we praise you and we bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Forgive me, I got big nostrils. So if y'all hear me, like, <sighs> I'll pull the mic away a little bit. Y'all yeah, go ahead and have a seat. Good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? All right. Let's get into this. I shall see what you're talking about. Turn it. said, yeah, you can turn that off. You're going you to get me stirred up. You're going to get me stirred up. Everybody doing good? Everybody doing good. Okay. All right. All right. So we've been in a series called what? Call what? Call what? That's our word of the year. Growth. And our series scripture, Pastor, you can put it up there for me. John 15. Ooh, I am breathing heavy. Y'all ain't got like nothing to block this out. It's going to be on the live stream. Pull the mic away. Okay. Y'all still hear me? All right. Our series scripture, John 15, 1 through 8. It say, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I'm going to run that back. 
is one of them ones. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. No, ain't no fruitfulness without him. We don't produce without him. Nothing that we can do can be done without him. Amen? Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. <laughs> I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Sounds so nice, he said it twice. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, <laughs> for the third time now, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. In order to mature in Christ, which is our word for the year, we have to be connected to him. Mature in Christ. Not mature in of ourselves, but mature in Christ. Apart from Christ, like he said for the third time, we can do nothing. Just like the branches um, have to stay connected to a vine to be fruitful, to produce, to, to, to grow, they have to be connected to the vine, right? And just like we as Christians have to stay connected to Christ, not only to stay alive spiritually, but to mature, to grow, and to produce. All the things that Christ offered is promised to those who are connected to him. All the nutrients that a tree has, Everything that goes through the photosynthesis process is granted to the vine. All, every, everything, that, everything that the vine needs to sustain life and produce fruit comes through the vine. Everything that we need to, to, to spiritually stay alive, not only spiritually stay alive, but to grow and produce and, 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 and to grow, it comes from Christ. He is our source, the very source of life, Right? It says, it was almost like a, um, an umbilical cord. We got some mothers in the house. I know how that works. In order for the child to stay alive inside of you, it has to be what? Connected. Everything that you have, that baby has access to. From your food to your water, even to your mood sometimes. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? Is that true? <laughs> if y'all mad, the baby mad. Is that true? I don't know. I ain't never had a baby, so I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But I would assume that everything that comes with you, the baby has access to. Not only that, but it's protected. Not only that, but it's protected. Some of you do, some of you mothers do certain things or won't do certain things to keep the baby in good health, in good shape. Because you know, I'm not just doing this for me, right? Some things you have to give up. Some things that you really like sometimes, you have to give up for the sake of the one that's connected to you. And it's the same way in Christ. Christ has provided. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. So if my father is the gardener, he's tending to me. He's making sure I have everything I need so I can give you everything that you need. Right? But all we have to stay connected. The true vine, the source of life, the life sustainer, and our nourishment. Christ is the very center of our faith. And our way, our only way, to eternal life. We know in John 14, John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father, but what? But by me. We can't even reach the gardener without going through the vine. 
We can't even get to the gardener without going through the vine. We can't get to the Father without going through Christ. Without Christ, we can do nothing. We have no eternal life. We have no life more abundantly. We have no peace. We have no joy because we're not connected to the peace giver, the nutrient giver, the nourisher, the source of life. Branches on the vine are solely dependent on the vine. They don't go outside of the vine for other sources. They don't go outside of what they know to be as um, the life giver, the vine. They don't go outside of that looking for anything else, right? They understand that everything that keeps them alive is from the vine. And on to us as Christians being grafted into this family. The success of the graft depends on the connection, right? So when you take up a, a branch that is on a dying tree, usually they take them from dying trees to save the tree, save the branch, to save the fruit that they can produce from this tree. They cut it off. They, 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 what they do is they cut it at an angle and they connect the vine, I mean, connect the branch to the tree. They put a little soil in it, a little water, wrap it up to, to oh, seal in that moisture and get a better connection. Us being Christians grafted in this, in this thing called uh, um, Christ-likeness or this thing called being a Christian, it depends on our connectivity. Our strength on how we survive depends on how well we connect with the tree, with what we've been grafted onto. And because we've been grafted on, on and because we've been grafted in this tree called a Christian, in this tree called uh, uh, with Christ, we have to connect with them. The deeper you get into his word, the more you get into him, the deeper the connection. Amen? In the message version, verse 4 says, live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined to me, right? And it stuck out to me in the message version. It said, live in me, make your home in me. I remember saying it, I always heard it says, you really don't know a person until what? You live with them. You really don't know a person until you live with them. That sounds like a clear invitation to me. Come stay with me and I'll stay with you. And you'll really get to know who I am. You'll really get to see who I am. You'll really get to see the power and feel the power that I have because you're in close proximity with me. Because you're in connection with me. Right? And so... Us staying with him and making our home in him, not only that, but we become to take on his mannerisms. I don't know if y'all ever live with somebody. I don't know if y'all ever live with somebody. I did not drink 2% milk until I moved with my wife. We always drunk the red bottle. It was the red jug all the time. It was the red jug all the time. She come bringing in the 2%. Pick your battles. I'm going to pick my battles. It ain't... We ain't going to beef over no milk now. I ain't going to be funking over no milk. I'm going to pick my battles. But you begin to take on mannerisms of who you live with. The things that they do, you begin to find yourself doing. The way they talk, the way they speak, the way they live, you begin to take on those characteristics because you're in close proximity. Come on now. That sounds like a clear invitation to me, a.k.a. a choice. A choice. A choice. A choice. I want to drill this in with y'all because when y'all leave here today, I want every move y'all make like, all right, I ain't going to step this way. I'm going to step over this way. I'm going to make the right choice. I want to drill this in with y'all today because our choices are so important. Before we grow, 
before we produce, before we do anything, first we have to choose. Before we get our weight up, before we pick our crew right, before we, 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 we prepare, we have to choose if this is really what we want or not. If we really going to call ourselves Christians, we have to choose that this is what we're going to do. And when we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And do it to the wholeheartedly. I'm not saying be perfect in it, but choose that, hey, I might have my seasons of struggle, but it won't turn into a lifetime of it. You hear me? That brings me to my title, right? You ready, Pastor Ant? You ready? Let's hit it. Everybody got choices. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. I got, I got to point something out. Shout out to my, to my man, Pastor Ann. I had to throw the everybody on there. Like that St. Louis thing. Air, there, bear, stare, here, there. No, everybody got choices, right? And I don't know, you hear me? <laughs> I don't know if, if all y'all have heard that song or not. But in the song, this whole song, he's listing, asking questions. The whole song, he's asking questions, right? And I like to call it qualifiers and classifiers, right? A list of choices that will qualify you as real or classify you as lame, right? He says things like, you ever told on somebody? <laughs> you with me? You with me? You with me? You with me? Nope. Ever shot at somebody? Yep. Ever set somebody up? Nope. Ever help somebody out when they was down on their luck? Yep. Y'all with me. I like it. Y'all stay with me through this whole. Y'all gonna help me. Help me help y'all. You're and as he's listing these choices, he's answering the questions. Nope. Yep. Making it clear the choices he has made to be classified as real. And stating what he won't do to be classified as lame. He is okay with making these choices no matter the consequences because he found value in the fact that he would be considered real. And some choices he didn't make because he found shame in being lame. In being lame. I am not here, but I am here, but I'm going to tell y'all there's a such thing as a lame Christian. I don't know if y'all heard that before. There's a such thing as a lame Christian you scripture I'll give you scripture when you produce much fruit you are my true disciples aka real Christians this brings glory to my father we have we as Christians have to get to a point where we find so much value in Jesus and in his word that we begin to make choices no matter how we feel no matter what it cost us no matter how much we have to give up we should want to grow to a point to where the thought of being a lame Christian terrifies us right so when we read in the bible anything about being lame it was it was normally a disease it was normally a spirit that somebody had lame right i looked up the definitions <laughs> lame unconvincingly feeble unconvincingly feeble weak weak or ineffective and don't let you get a don't let you get a whole church of these people together because then you have a body part and especially a limb so disabled as to impair freedom of movement. As to damage freedom of movement. So now we have a limb in the body of Christ that is ineffective. 
that is unable to reach because it is full of lame Christians, a.k.a. Christians who won't obey, a.k.a. Christians who resist, a.k.a. Christians who run, a.k.a. Christians who, 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 who don't uh, 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 um, take the word and, and use the word and apply the word. That's how you become a lame Christian. Usually, you see a lame um, body part is due to injury or um, um, due to injury. Basically, our injury is sin. But we have been delivered from this thing, right? So we have the option, the choice, rather we stay injured or are we get healed. We have that choice. And as Christians, it's time to make that choice. Whereas, way I'm coming here to let y'all know that we won't be a lame church. We won't be an ineffective church. We won't be a church, a church that just sit on the sideline and let the devil have his way in our life and in our kids' life and in our friends' life and in our family's life and in the people around us' life. We won't be ineffective Christians. So if y'all looking to be lame Christians, <laughs> two double doors out there that I might need you to step through. Because there's no room for lameness here. There's no room for ineffectiveness here. And what we have to remember is that every time there's a man or a woman of God standing on this stage, it's something to be taken from it, regardless if you're struggling from it or not. There's something to be taken for you to be applied to your life. And the moment we get to the point to where we no longer apply what the man or woman of God is teaching in this pulpit, we're on the road to becoming lame Christians. Whenever we can open our Bible and read it, and it speak right to us, but we make no adjustments or, make, or not even try or attempt. We're on our road to becoming lame Christians. Whenever we begin to rely on things instead of God, we're on our road to becoming lame Christians. So let's get into this. All right? So, everybody got choices. Why don't we choose Christ most times? Why don't we choose his way and his will most times, right? I'm going to give my first point, Pastor Ant. We choose what we treasure. We choose what we treasure. Matthew. Matthew 6.21. It says, isn't it? It's obvious, isn't it? I'm in the message version. Matthew 6.21. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place where you will most want to be and end up. AKA, the choices that you make that goes against God is something you treasure. What's stopping you from getting where you need to be in Christ is something you treasure. Same verse, Matthew 6, 21, in the AMP, Amplified Version says, For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes your desires on which you in which your life centers on which your life centers will be also if your money is your treasure you stay chasing the bag you stay at work no matter what's going on i know i'm supposed to be at church but they offering overtime that's double time double triple time if i'm here on sunday bible study on wednesday eh. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Now, if that's your schedule, you know what I mean? Let your boss know, though, hey, I, I'd rather refrain from working these days 
because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give God something. I'm trying to offer God something, and I can't do that here. If not, okay, fine, I'll keep praying about it. But if so, allow me the opportunity to be off on Sundays and Wednesdays. Because the Bible does say obey those that have rule over you. So the fact that our boss is our supervisor, he's the superior, he's the person that's over us at the time, obey him. Hey, if I can't get it off, it is what it is. But I'm going to keep praying though. Like, I'm going to go to your supervisor. Not your, not your manager, not the one on the job, your supervisor up there. And he'll, he'll find a way to work it out for me. If you really believe, if you really want to give God something that's due to him. As he's listening up, ooh, what we said that for? Come on now. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. In Matthew, Matthew 19, 16, 22, in the Amplified Version. <clears throat> it says, and someone came to him and said, Teacher, what essentially, what essentially good thing shall I do to obtain eternal life? That is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. Jesus answered. Why are you asking me about what is essentially good? There is only one who is essentially good. But if you wish to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. He said to Jesus, which commandments? And Jesus answered, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. That is unselfishly seek the best and higher good for others. The young man said to him, I have kept all of these things from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus answered him, if you wish to be perfect, that is, have the spiritual maturity and accompanies God, that accompanies God, godly character with no moral or ethical deficiencies, go and sell what you have and give the money to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. Become my disciple, believing and trusting in me, and walk in the same path of life that I walk. But when the young man heard this, he left grieving and distressed. For he owned much property and had many possessions. Which he treasured more than his relationship with God. I'm going to read that again. But when the young man heard this, he left grieving and distressed. He didn't even have to go through the grief and distress. If he would have just sacrificed what he treasured. For he owned much property and had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. This man walked away from the best decision he probably would have ever made in his life. This man would have traded his possessions and got peace. <laughs> traded in his possessions and got joy. Things that are not physical, tangible things, but things that could have sustained him. But because he treasured his possessions more than he treasured his relationship with God, he walked away from the deal of a lifetime. How many of us are walking away daily from the deal of a lifetime? Holding on to the things we treasure. We don't have to carry stress. We choose stress. Is it comfortable to you? Do you like feeling grieved? Do you like feeling down? Because he's offering you something that's, that's worth more. He said, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding to where you just going through chaos and you just got peace. I'm cool. Feet kicked up, recline. Because you have a peace, because you traded in the grief for grace. You traded in your possessions for peace. 
His money can't feel. If his money gave him everything he needed, then why was he running to Christ? If his possessions gave him everything that he needed, then why did he need Christ? Why did he fall down bowing to him if, he, if, if, if his possessions gave him everything that he needed? But because he treasured what he had more than what he needed, he couldn't get what he needed because he treasured what he had more. Get out the past. Get out the past. You don't have to carry that weight anymore. He said, come to me, all who are heavy, and I will give you rest. That's a trade. That sounds like a choice. But you have to make the choice to come to me. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, everybody got choices. Everybody got choices. Now, you got to say like St. Louis, everybody. I know this Kansas City, but everybody got choices. <laughs> in Matthew 6.24, in the message version, it says, you can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. <sighs> Adoration for one, what you adore, feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. That's a big God. <laughs> Not bigger than our God, but that's a big one. Money is a big issue. Because that's, that's something that you feel you can... You can rely on. So you step out there, and because you got money, it's, 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 it's maintaining the lifestyle that you have. But what happens when you lose that job? They do it all the time. What happens when that job don't need you no more? What happens when they downsizing? Then what? It's not reliable anymore. Now it leaves you running, trying to find, running, doing whatever you have to do to sustain the lifestyle that you have instead of just trading that for trust in Christ. Trading your reliance for reliance on God and not reliance on physical properties. Hmm. Hmm. It says the same thing in Matthew 6, 24 in the Amplified Version. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God in mammon money possessions fame status whatever it is valued more than the Lord that made me think hey like if we choose what we treasure then how do we begin to treasure things and that brings me to my part two we treasure or we're led by your choices are influenced either way. When you make a choice, you're either making a choice between good and a choice between evil. There is no in-between. There is no gray area. You think, well, I'm just making a choice for myself. Inherently, you're evil. <laughs> Inherently, you're wicked. It says the mind is wicked above all else. Like our heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. So if even we rely on ourselves, that's why the Bible says, lean not into your own understanding. Because it's wicked. So our choices are influenced either way. Every day you step out your house, you're making a choice between good and evil. Choices. 
Yeah, Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Romans 8, 5 through 11, in the Amplified. Amplified. It says, for those who are living according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. For those who are led by the flesh, (laughs) set their minds on things. For those who are led by the flesh, treasure things of the flesh which gratify the body. For those who are led by the spirit, this is what? This is the, um, what did I say? JRV? PJV. PJV. Pastor Jordan version. <laughs> the PJV. So they might not be up on the screen. It's, we read from the PJV. Now you got that in y'all Bible. Just, just listen. It say, but those who are led according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit, his will and purpose. Now, the mind of flesh is death, both now and forever, because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. The spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God, both now and forever. When you led by the flesh, you choose the flesh. When you led by emotions, you choose your emotions. When you led by your will and your way, you choose what's best for your will and your way. Switch up what you led by. If you, what they say, insanity, have, insanity is a person doing the same thing, expecting different results. Like if we say we love God like we say we do, and we come in here on Sunday and shout till we walk out of here with no voice, oh, church was good, church was amazing, ain't got no voice in the car, it was great. And then go to work like, yeah, I can't stand you. You know what? I'm going to just be over here today. I ain't even going to associate with you today. I mean, love. Or your wife do something. It's me. Your wife do something that just make you mad. Sometimes we be in the middle of the street. Not, not us like in the middle of the street. We be in the car in the middle of the street. We don't, be, we don't fight like that. We don't fight like that. We be in the car in the middle of the street. Right over there on Blue Ridge. Like, if I could, I would. But our pastor might be behind us, so I ain't. Like, but these are the things that we deal with, though. Like, those emotions I'm supposed to kill. It says I'm supposed to die to myself for my wife. So those emotions that is not out of God are supposed to die. I could be angry at her. I'd be angry at her. But it's when them thoughts get to, get to arise and I get to really pondering on those things is when it becomes sinful. When that sin try to creep in, and if you give the enemy a crack, he will make a door. I'm sure some of y'all can testify to that. You give him a crack, he will make a door. But it all started with a choice. To entertain those thoughts, to entertain those feelings, to entertain those emotions, it all started with a choice. It says, the mind of the flesh with the sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It literally seeks, actively hostile. It literally seeks to go against what God is saying, what God is doing, what God is declaring. It actively goes against it. 
it does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. It literally can't submit itself to God. And some of the choices that we make is out of this right here. This mind of flesh. And those who are living in the flesh, living a life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses, cannot please God. And this is a result of you not choosing to be connected. We read in John 15. Literally. Uh, 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 um, my true disciples. Those who are fruitful are my true disciples. Those who produce much fruit are my true disciples. But in order to produce fruit, you got to be connected. This is the result of not being connected. A mindset of the flesh. It says, and those who are in the flesh live a life that caters to simple appetites and impulses, cannot please God. However, however, you are not living in the flesh, controlled by the sinful nature, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing you and guiding you, if in fact, if you, if you chose, if you choose the spirit of God, to live in you and direct you and guide you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, if anyone does not choose the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And it's not a child of God. Verse 10, if Christ lives in you, through your natural body, yeah, though your natural body is dead because of sin, your spirit is alive because of righteousness, which he provides. And if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also live life. Oh, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit and who lives in you. The things that we choose become the things that we live by. The things that we live by become the things that we treasure. And when we live a life of treasuring things that is not of God, which we've lived a life, we've lived a life of decisions and decision-making that was not contrary to what God wanted for us, that was not contrary to God's will and God's way, that did not align with it at all. And now that we're in this Christ life, now we have to reverse that process. But it says that our natural body is dead through sin. So now it takes the strength of the Holy Spirit, but also of you, making that choice that this is really what you want. This is really what you want to do. Because the spirit, Jesus couldn't even heal the people in his hometown because they chose not to believe him. The spirit can't do nothing to you if you don't choose. How are you going to help you get free if you keep running back to it? How are you going to help you grow if you don't want to? Think about it. What if our skin resisted the growth process from birth it'll be who it's not that you said that'll be painful it'll be extremely painful from a child if your skin resisted to grow with your bones and your muscles and everything that's inside of you you'll be dead and that's what's happening to us as Christians we're resisting to grow 
with Christ and it's tearing us apart. Literally tearing us apart from the spirit to the physical. You literally can't sleep. You literally ain't got no peace. You literally worry about every little thing that comes your way. Every issue, everything that, 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 that comes your way, you worry over, you fret over, you, you confused about this. You don't want to do that. You, uh, well, I can't do that. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I, and you're just confused all the time because you're being torn apart because you're resisting the growth that God is trying to get in you. The name of the game is endurance. It's growth. But endurance comes with growth. What James say? He said, count it all joy. Count it all joy for when the problems of life, matter of fact, let's read it. I ain't got it for you, Pastor. You good. You can just relax that clicking finger. It says, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. So if you got endurance, you got maturity. If you got endurance, you got inner peace. That's the name of the game is endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a work and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. If we can't wait, then we can't do nothing. If we can't endure, then we can't do nothing. What makes you so perfect through endurance is the fact that you can't wait. If I could sit and wait on God and remain steadfast and faithful in my waiting, what can't you do? You won't be tossed here because you're faithful. I'm waiting on God. I'm good. You can keep what you, you can have your temporary pleasures. I'm waiting on God. I'm not going to move until God moves. That's what makes you perfect. Literally, our whole, the whole basis of our faith is waiting on Christ to come back. That's the whole basis of our faith and enduring until he does. Enduring this flesh, enduring this body. What Paul say? Oh, a wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Christ. But in the meantime, until he get here, I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to be called faithful in it. And this is something that we have to choose. We have to choose being committed to Christ. Because when we choose it, we make our mind up. When we decide that this is what we want, this is a, it's, it's a declaration in our mind. When you choose that you're going on a trip, you start saving for that trip. You know what? You in the, you, I'm, in a, I'm in the Yelp app. What food they got? We, where we staying at? With the restaurants. You're preparing. You're preparing for. What Pastor Ken said last week, wait, live on ready. Live on ready. You prepare for it. So when you decide that this Christ thing is what you want, and you walk out of here and you begin to catch yourself doing things that is not of Christ, I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're going to walk out of here and live a perfect life. Nobody has ever accomplished that but Christ. But through his power, we are not only able to live a, a more power-filled life, the more spirit-filled life, but less of a powerless life. He's given us options and opportunities to not be the same as we was yesterday. But we have to choose. And when we make up our mind, then we begin to take his word and apply his word. Up, oh, you know what? That wasn't right, God. Forgive my heart for that. You be, it won't even come out your mouth yet before you, oh, my bad, God. That thought, that thought was foul. 
Like, I apologize for that. I'll repent for that because you have made a decision that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask y'all a question. Pastor had me on this yesterday. He asked a question that was, that was just beyond my thinking. If God chose, if, if, if God's plan for you was to suffer for the rest of your life, would you still choose Christ? He's quiet now. Don't clinch up. Don't, don't clinch up. I heard the clinch. Suffer. Suffer. How I know. If, if his plan for you was to be single for the rest of your life, would you still be faithful? Would you still be faithful? If his plan for you was to be broke, if that's just what he ordained and designed for you, because it was going to help somebody in that broke realm or in that single realm, would you still choose Christ? Would you choose Christ? Would the fact that him dying on the cross and your eternity being sealed be enough? He say, God, if you never do another thing, if you never do another thing, you've done enough. He's like, all right, I'm going to try you on that. I like the way you're thinking. I like the way you're thinking. You know what? I got you. And he pulled a job on you. Or he take everything and leave you with nothing. Are you okay with believing 40, 50, 60 years that God is going to move and he's like, nah, I'm not. Will you be okay with that? Would that be a choice that you're okay with? And this is what we really have to think about because God can do what he want to do, when he want to do it, how he want to do it. We're the ones that say, Lord, use me. <laughs> Lord, use me as a vessel. Lord, I want to I wanna do it your will and your way. We're the ones who said it. We didn't say, God, I want to be with you, but I want to do my own thing. He ain't honoring that. But when your heart is pure for him and you really want what God wants, he can do whatever he want to do. And you can't look at it and say it's unfair because you asked for this. You asked for this. If he said, this is what being a vessel looks like, nothing but suffering, would you still stick to the faith? And not just stick to the faith, but go strong in the faith. Not cry and pop, I mean, pout and cry and complain and, 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 and scratch and kick and, and, and from nail the tooth. Would you, would, you, would you really commit to it if that was the plan for you? And that brings me to my point three. We're led by what we intake. I'm going to just kind of let scripture speak for itself at this point. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your body will be full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside of you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? The Bible calls our eyes and our ears gates to our very mind. And when they say heart, we ain't talking about this heart. This heart ain't giving you desires and pumping out. It's your very, it's your conscience. And what you take in is what you become. The Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. 
So if I could talk to somebody evil, or if I could have communication, evil communication, your good manner is out the window. Because what you've taken in is something that is not of good manner. So you become what you intake. When you intake something, you become it. When you become it, you're led by it. When you're led by it, you treasure it. When you treasure it, you choose it. That's pretty much it. It starts from what you intake. The music, the movies, the gossip, the communication, it all starts from that. Why do you think they call him the prince of the air? What they say when they record in the studio? On air. On the radio. On air. Everything is it, television. Like it's all connected. Because if he can get in your mind, through your ears and your eyes, he can corrupt you. Because our flesh is already weak. So we got several different things working against us. We got a bad flesh. We got a bad mind. We got a bad heart. Like he trying to get us. They trying to get us. Everybody, like everything around us is set up for us to fail as Christians. But God. <laughs> but God. And when we decide to choose him is when we decide to grow. When we decide to choose him is when we decide to mature. When we decide to choose him, that's when we can really produce. Because it is a willing decision no matter what. What do you say? No matter what the consequence is. Because we value getting God glory and being considered true disciples, a.k.a. real Christians, that we've decided that this is what we want and this is what we're going to live no matter how, how, how it makes me feel. No matter what it costs me, no matter, no matter, no matter how much I have to give up, because I find value in Christ and in his word. In the MSG message, I don't know why I say MSG. You don't like when I say MSG, do you? MSG, the message version. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed, in greed and distress, I mean, dis distrust, there we go. Your body is a musty cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. Let life in. Let light in. Galatians 5, 16 through 23 in the NLT. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let the Holy Spirit lead your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit, the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature wants, desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. When you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Whoa. Note that. Click. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, uh, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have told you before, let me reiterate that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. What I want y'all to do today, and I'm closing whenever, what I want y'all to do today is evaluate your choices. Evaluate what you're intaking, and in turn, what you're being led by. And in turn to that, what's controlling you? What you treasure? Because most of us, just like that rich young ruler, are walking away from what God is providing for us. What he's given us the option to have. Today I'm presenting to y'all a choice between life and death. If you're going to choose life, choose life. Don't be a, um, don't be a renigger. Hold on. I'm going to explain that, right? I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain that. Don't be a renigger. Hold on. I'm going to explain it. Do I have any space players in the house? What happens when you renege in space is, the suit is played, whatever suit is played, whether that be um, clubs, hearts, diamonds, a suit is played. And when you look at your cards, because you don't have them organized, because you're not have your stuff in a row, you miss that you have the suit that was played. And in your ambition to get a book or get a win, you throw something out there that was never meant to be played. That was never meant to be played. Though you get the book, it's gonna cost you. If y'all some real space players, how many books is gonna cost you? Three of them things. It's gonna, it's gonna cost you three of them things. And what we do in life is, because we don't have our stuff in order, because we don't have our ducks in a row, because we don't have our cards aligned, we end up making choices and decisions that is not what God wanted for us. And if y'all like me, a good cheater, I'll wait to the end of the game before I play that card again. I'll wait to the end of the game before I play that card again, just hoping somebody done forgot about it. Hoping that somebody, Lord, if you with me, put the scales over their eyes so they don't see that I'm about to play this card that I had for the beginning of the game. But that's what we do in life. We make decisions and choices that God never intended on us to play. And instead of us getting the win the right way, instead of us getting the win, we end up losing because it costs us three books. We end up losing because it costs us our peace. When God said, if you would have just played what I told you to play, I had it for you right here. I had the win set up for you. If you would have played your cards accordingly, if you would have had your stuff in a row, if you would have been able to pay attention and see what I had for you, what I had set up already predestined, he says, he says, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future, a life, like a, a life of, 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 um, hang on, 
a fulfilled life, basically, a life to the fullest. That's what the scripture says. Life to the fullest. I want you to have that. But if you're going to play your own, if you're going to make your own moves, it's going to cost you three of them things. So I'm just here today just to encourage y'all, really, to evaluate your choices. Because they have consequences. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you say with that? The law of Newton? For every action, there's an oxygen. Who? It's Newton. It's Newton. Don't have me up here on this stage, y'all, in front of a live stream saying the wrong stuff. That's why I need to have my stuff in a row. I should have wrote that down. Nah, but for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. That's just built into the laws of, of, of. But choose your, your choices carefully. Because though they might not be biting you right now, trust and believe, they'll catch up to you. Just like if I can play that card and renege in the game, at the end of the game, trust and believe, somebody watching them cards that I'm playing. Somebody watching them. <laughs> Three of them things. Somebody's, somebody's watching. I just encourage y'all today, choose life. God has presented life to the fullest. He's presented it. He's giving you uh, 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 choices. Decide. Decide today who you're going to serve. Make it clear. Don't have that scripture. My man Joshua said before that, he said, whether you're going to serve the God of your ancestors, the God of your people, or even the God of this land, whatever you're going to do, make a choice. But as for me and my house, as for this house, as for Word's Way, we going to serve the Lord. That's what we going to choose. We're not going to be no led to the side, no sideline Christians. We're not going to be no lame Christians. And that starts with a choice. Are we going to obey him? Are we going to choose to love people in spite of? Because that's what he, that's what he commanded of us. Just because that's what he commanded of us, are we going to stick to it? Are we going to stick to loving our God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul? Like, he died for you. The least you could do is live for him. My man Paul said, that is your reasonable sacrifice. It's reasonable for him to give your life for you, but then you turn around and give your life back because you see all that he's done. You've tasted and seen of his goodness. You experience his mercies every day. You experience his grace every day. What is mercy? Him not giving you what you do deserve. What is grace? Him giving you what you don't deserve. And every day we live a life full of grace. And never even realize it. Never even put our minds to all of the things that God is gracing us with. The fact that we all here right now in our right mind limbs working, body working. We walked in here, ain't nobody had to wheel in here. Ain't nobody had to limp in here. Ain't nobody had to crawl in here. That's grace enough. Because if you wanted to, that's it. All it takes is one move for your life to be in the lowest quality of life. All you are one crash away. You get in your car every day and drive back and forth to and from work, to and from the store, to and from here. All it takes is one blown tire, one swerve out, 
to paralyze you. And your quality of life has gone from here to there. But the fact that we all here means that we all are still getting graced. God is still gracing us. Like we are sinners. We are wicked. We are dirty. We are filthy. We live opposite of what he wants, but he still chose us. Like we was a sinful creature through Adam and Eve. We were, we were, we were, this sin was put on us, and it's been inherited ever since. Like, but God chose, so he said, I love you so much. I want a relationship with you so much that I'm willing to pay that price for you. I'm willing to pay that price for you. I'm willing to give up myself. Because they didn't just, they didn't come and take him. He gave himself up. How many times have you read in the Bible of God, the crowd pressing in on him, he just, just slipped out of there like it was a reverse mechanism. Like he just hit reverse on the TV. He just, just slipped out of there. He said he gave himself up. That was a willing act. He made a choice. That no matter how bad this feels, no matter how painful this is, no matter what I have to do, he was separated from his father. From the beginning of time, he's never been separated from his father. They've always been in one. He even had to endure being separated from his father just for us. So this time I want everybody just to bow their heads. Bow your heads and close your eyes. And if there's anybody in here, Anybody 